You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Survivor Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers recap episode. We are at the very end of the season. We have finished another season of Survivor, 35 seasons in. It's so hard to believe that we are this deep into this uh, fantastic TV show and we've got a new winner, we've got uh, new things to talk about, we've got a new season to look forward to, we've got so much to be able to discuss in this episode and it's an absolute pleasure to be able to say that to do this, we've gotten a former contestant and we've got a former contestant who's actually never appeared on our show before, never previously in Survivor Oz, never previously here in the Oz Network. It's a first here on the program, competed on the 33rd season of Survivor Millennials vs Gen X, where he did finish in fourth place, so he knows what it's like to get to the very end and, and just narrowly miss out on that final part of the show. I do, of course, speak of Mr David Wright. David, first of all, thank you so much for joining us here on the Oz Network today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I'm excited to talk about Survivor. You are you are officially, and I feel weird saying this, the first ever Millennials Gen X to officially appear on this show in sort of an interview capacity. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I met you in person. I met some of you guys from person where I've sort of done little side videos and things like that for, for other projects. But um, I guess kind of we weren't really on air around your season. So your, your season actually is the one season that we did not cover at all because we sort of went off air when your season was on. So uh, it's great to finally, I guess, half cover Millennials Gen X in some weird way when with you on the show today. <laughs> Well, that's okay. I don't remember what happened either, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, here we are, another season of Survivor. Uh, it's it's crazy. 35 seasons. I mean, this show has now been on air for, for 17 years. It's absolutely incredible. It's still going strong. Uh, I mean, just in general, what was your overall vibe of of season 35 because this was a season that at large parts I felt a lot of people didn't like, but then a lot of people seemed to come around on. I'd I'd love to know what you kind of thought about this season as a whole. Yeah. You know, um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think it it definitely got off to a slow start, but I think most survivor seasons do because there's just too many people to meet. You know, you know, it takes a while before you really get to know anybody and care about them. But uh, I felt like it it really did build towards uh, a spectacular finish. And obviously we can, talk uh, later about the, um, the the fire making twist which uh, you know some people love some people hate but uh, but no, I thought it was a, I really enjoyed the season and I have a lot of like, likable people to root for it was a very interesting final five um, and I kind of think Jeff actually summed it up quite well that it was a very open final five and I mean a lot of people kind of predicted that Ben would win, that Ben kind of had it in, in the bag. But, I mean, just kind of the efforts he had to go through to get to the end. I mean, I, I thought it was very similar to Worlds Apart kind of with Mike, that it just, you know, Mike had to keep winning to get to the end, which he did. The difference is this time around, Ben didn't keep winning. He relied, obviously, on the idols, and then he had the, the twist at the end that kind of saved him. Um, I mean, did, did you kind of go into this thinking that Ben was going to win? Did you kind of feel it was open? I mean, how did you kind of look at these five heading into this final episode? Well, full disclosure, uh, someone had tipped me off that he was going to win right. well before action. <laughs> so yeah, I had a pretty good idea that he was going to win. But, uh, but I will say that uh, I thought you know any of them would have been a satisfying uh, winner. But but Ben winning and and you know being able to represent um, vets with PTSD and be kind of a um, you know source of hope or inspiration for them is fantastic. So it's great winner. It's great to have 
someone who won Survivor called Ben. Uh, I just loved hearing the words, uh, the winner of Survivor is Ben, read by Jeff Price. Yes. Um, yes. So that was personally for me a, a, a good feeling. Um, it's interesting, actually, you say about like knowing spoilers. I, I genuinely didn't know any spoilers this season, but last season I did, which was weird because I'd never known spoilers before. So, um, yeah. and I was kind of told a whole season in advance, you know, oh yeah, the final three is Troy's and uh, Brad and Sarah, and Sarah probably wins. Um, so like as a podcaster, it's kind of like each week, you know, oh, what do you think of Sarah? She's playing an all right okay <laughs> do you find that hard like if you sort of know that when you talk to people about it and you they don't want to know spoilers oh ben yeah oh he's doing okay isn't he <laughs> well you know the truth is i don't even want to know i don't actually <laughs> like to know but sometimes they're just you know you hang around enough survivor people it's almost inescapable to get spoiled on some level um i adam uh from my season worked really hard to avoid spoilers and he actually managed to do it but it's uh yeah you have to work overtime how does that, when, when your season's airing, uh, I mean, spoilers always seem to get out no matter what the season, but I mean, was it a case with your season? Because I wasn't aware if spoilers even got out for, for yours. Did, did you know if they were out there? And if so, do, do people then come up to you if they know spoilers and like, oh, I know where you finish and you have to be like, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I did hear... Um I know the season was spoiled for some people, but uh, for the most part, I, I don't think um, there was a lot out there spoiler-wise about it. Um, you know, the thing is, when I when I got out of the game, I had scars on my face that looked really fresh, so I didn't tell anybody how far I went, but they could tell that I probably went pretty far just based on how I looked, and that's it's unavoidable. But, um, yeah, I think uh, the, the secret, if you will, of our season was uh, pretty well-preserved, I think. It's, it's just, I find it fascinating, the whole spoiler thing. That's a whole other episode in itself, because, I mean, you know, with, um, what is it, Behind Survivor or Redmond or whoever he is and kind of things like that. I mean, it just it just seems to be the norm now that these things happen, whereas, you know, obviously back in the day, like, everybody was sort of like, it was just like military-grade secrets. Um, and, yeah. you know, people decoding all the websites. Like The very first season when people are, like, decoding every part of the Borneo introduction, oh, Jervis has to win, or there was that glitch in the website with Jervis. And it's just so funny how, how kind of... Um, it, it works this way. Now, I don't even think CBS care, do they? <laughs> oh, they definitely care. I mean, like, you know, like the, um, say you get voted out first, you're not allowed to go home, mm-hmm. you know, because that would obviously tip to everybody that knows you uh, that, that you went out first. Um, so they definitely try to uh, protect uh, the, what happened. I, I, the, the, truthfully, though, I, I feel like um, anybody that cares about spoilers, they're going to actively seek them out and then if you and they want to and then if you don't care about spoilers then you're not going to seek them True. out and i don't know like i, I would per- personally though prefer not to know same um yeah but uh, like i said it's sometimes really it's, it's a tricky thing to avoid it, it's funny actually you're saying about how because yeah I, I realized how they kind of all sequestered them even for 39 days if you first boot you're, you're still there here for our australian version they just send them home it's weird because like oh. It's uh, funny talking to the people when they sort of get voted out. I'm like, oh, so what did you guys do? It's like, yeah, they just sent us home. I'm like, really? Okay, well, there goes that idea. There goes that spoiler and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's true, yeah. Um, but I, I can't remember. They Are they editing the season as it's airing in Australia, or is it like America where they finish it and then air it? They finish it. it the first one, well, technically the third one, the first one last year, Channel 10, um, it was filmed a lot. Uh, they, they aired it later after they filmed it, so there was a bigger gap, whereas this year uh, it was a lot closer. So they basically aired it, I think, within a month or so of them getting back. 
Um, because gotcha. they aired it a lot earlier this year than they did in in 2016. But yeah, no, they it's same similar thing to kind of you you guys how they do it. But I mean, obviously with your seasons, like they just it's so different in terms of um what production and that wasn't it um co wrong they filmed before Cambodia wasn't it or something like that. So they kind of they switched them around and I think it was Caramo and they like filmed it a year before it even aired or something like that. There was a few that they've had that discrepancy. Oh, wow, interesting. I didn't know that about Caramel, and I did know about a Corong. Yeah, it, uh, it was sitting on the shelf for like a year, and I can't imagine being, you know, those players like Aubrey and having to wait that long before you can actually, you know, watch it. And, uh, yeah, I, I come, I'm, I'm glad. For, I only had to wait, um, I guess, three or four months or something like that, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, just, <laughs> I can't remember why they did it with Caramel, and they filmed Caramel in May to June 2012, and it aired February to May 2013. I think it's because they did it, like, back-to-back with Philippines and just kind of how it all scheduled. But I remember talking a lot to the Caramel and people about, like, how is that waiting a whole year? And they're like, yeah, it's pretty hard to kind of have to, to, to do that. But, yeah, as you said, only a couple of months for you, so it's sort of not quite as bad there. Uh, I mean, just kind of, I think what we'll do here, we'll really talk sort of through the main points and this is a discussion points because we've got a lot of listener questions which will cover some of the minor stuff but i think just kind of what i might just quickly go over um mike and devon i mean uh we'll go to devon separately because i think kind of that whole situation how that played out and obviously being fourth place uh similar to you as well just on mike i mean that whole tribal council um going into it where it just seems like an absolute surety that ben's going home they don't know they've got the idol uh devon kind of switches his plans at the last moment to vote for mike mike thought about it kind of didn't do it if you're in that situation, are you are you Devon or are you Mike? Are you going with your gut, like, oh, something doesn't feel right, I'm straight away, I'm going to do this, or are you going to kind of be a little bit like Mike, hesitate slightly, and then ultimately that's going to be like, shit, I should have done that? I think I definitely would have done what Devon do- did and write down Mike's name. Um, it sucks, and especially if, uh, you know, it would have been even worse, actually, if, if Ben didn't have an idol, and so Ben still goes home, but now you damage this relationship that you had with Mike, and now Mike's going to be coming for you because he's still in the game. But uh, yeah, I think Devin did the right thing, and I'm sure Mike is kicking himself too. Yeah. Did you get a chance to meet Mike and all these sort of people at that? Because obviously you were in LA for the finale, so I'm assuming you got to meet the majority of the cast. Yeah, I didn't meet the majority of them, but I met I met Mike. I love Mike. He's such a great guy. And uh, I don't think I got a chance to talk to Ryan last night, but I did meet him in Oklahoma a couple months ago. He's a great guy too. Uh, I talked talk briefly with Devin, really nice, sweet guy. He doesn't seem bitter at all. Um, but I, I, I actually have not met Ben. I haven't met uh, Chrissy, um, except maybe online or whatever. But, yeah, I only met a handful. And, and Simone actually got me into the finale. So it's, she's super sweet. Great, yeah. What did you make yeah. of Mike's game overall? You know, it's funny. I, Mike kind of reminds me of me. Um you know, uh, I, I actually feel like I've, I've said this before, but I feel like I'm the love child of Mike and, and Ryan. So I, <laughs> you know, I'm not entirely like Mike, and I'm not entirely like Ryan, but I'm, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. So some of uh, what he was doing kind of reminded me of me, and certainly he's a, you know, I, an older gentleman. I mean, old in, in in on TV standards, right? You know, by TV standards, but. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was really fun to watch, too. Now, now I feel like I'm complimenting myself saying I'm fun to watch. No, I'm you're allowed that. to. Really- well, you know, this is Yoz Network. You can do whatever you want to. Okay, if I'm good, not sucking good. up to you, you're allowed to suck up to yourself, so that's fine. Oh, yeah, somebody has to. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the history of this show. It's just generally I'm perceived as a suck-up, so, you know, it's kind of... It's got to rub off on people eventually, so, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, it's, I think kind of just on that sort of topic there with Mike going out, kind of just with Ben and the idols. I mean, that was a big talking point this season was idols, secret advantages, things like that. Um, I will actually say, I think Jeff kind of explained it. Okay. Like Jeff kind of has a tendency to be the really good at explaining things or yeah, this is why Haley was a game changer. No, Jeff. Um, but I think that like he kind of did. I like his like his plan when he's like, we just wanted to fill this with secrets. We kind of wanted to go out there and do this. So it's kind of like it was like just their whole plan all along to just shove this filled with stuff. But are you on the page of, yeah, this was great. I like this. I like the fact that Ben's found three idols in a row. Or are you on the page of, it's too easy. Where is he finding these idols? They're planted. Uh, there's too many. I mean, where do you sit on that debate? I, uh, I actually, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't have any problem with it at all, to be honest. I, uh, I mean, Mike worked really, really hard to find those idols. Um, and certainly the other contestants, uh, could have done it or gone looking as well. It did, at least from what we've seen, it didn't seem like they were looking all that much, at least towards the end there. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm fine with advantages too. I think like, not to steal from Big Brother, but you do have to expect the unexpected in Survivor and certainly, uh, this season, had that in spades, but I think that makes it fun and more dynamic and unpredictable. Do you, um, so you don't think they, there's too many? Because, I mean, I know that, especially with the secret advantages, I think, at the beginning of the season, I think, did we not have one, like, in every episode for, like, about, I don't know, however many it was, and um, yeah. some people hated it, some people liked it, but, I mean, I guess this game has to develop at some point, so you've kind of got to change it up from time to time. Yeah, and I think also, though, at least in this season, these advantages had expiration dates on them. Like, mm-hmm. you could only use them as specific moments in time. It's not like you could, you know, collect seven advantages and use them all at one tribal. So I, I, was, I was okay. I, I thought it was fine. If, if you could like a massive bunch and then use them at any time, then I think the game is a little broken. But at least in terms of the rules that they put on the advantages, uh, I think it, it worked out well. And in terms of... I mean, Ben obviously found that the last one kind of like in the middle of the night. Then, you know, people are questioning why aren't they just tail him all the time. Chrissy sort of explained that a little bit uh, when asked that question. But, I mean, from my perspective, as somebody who's never played this game, David, I've always been of that case of I'm just never going to let someone just walk off alone. I'm just gonna, I'm always going to tail them. If they're off having a, a two people, I'm, I'm just going to be the most annoying person in the world and just hang off them. But I guess you kind of can't do that all the time. So is that a case of they probably were looking at him and watching him, but as Chrissy said, like, he was doing it in the middle of the night when he had to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you really can't. I mean, you, and it's like... It's one thing to be paranoid for an hour or two, but to maintain that level of paranoia and just tail somebody 24-7 for, if you're lucky, 39 days, it's just, it's just, you just don't have the energy or emotional, you know, uh, strength to, to do that. And you just kind of have to, like, play your own game, you know, keep an eye out. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I... I, I understand uh, from from a from the couch. It's, it it yeah, it is easy to say just follow them, but you, you just can't. <laughs> you can't. Yep. Yeah, you yep. lose your. Mind. The, the term that I've learnt on this show since doing it, Monday morning quarterback, uh, it's easy for me to say all that sort of stuff, having, again, never played the game. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's one of those things. I mean, before I actually talk about sort of Devin and the final four twists and all that sort of stuff, uh, I do actually want to talk about the challenge, the final challenge, because this is one, again, I didn't know spoilers, but I did read, uh, John Kierhofer did an interview, I think, pre-season, where he said the final challenge is maybe one of the most epic we've ever done. And, I mean, it really was. That final challenge was absolutely amazing. It's been a while since I've, like, been on the edge of my seat watching this. Oh. Uh, yeah, I we mean, were... How was that? That was amazing, yeah. I mean, because, like, 
you know, you kept looking like Ben was going to get it, then it looked like Chrissy was going to get it, and, it's like, and you're just screaming as they topple over, and, you, uh, and it looked like a lot of fun, too. Um, and then, of course, that upside-down you, uh, you know, did Ben in. <laughs> yeah, and you, I mean, you were in the audience, of course, and, like, Jeff showed that clip uh, sort of on the finale of just how you guys are reacting. And, I mean, I experienced being in the, the audience. It's a really, it's a great thing being about those sort of people cheering and hollering for certain things of the thing, but that must have been like a sporting match, kind of, everybody cheering. Just a brief clip they showed. That was crazy. Oh, it was fantastic. Like, I don't even know how I can go back to watching uh, Survivor in my <laughs> living room now like sitting in a room full of 300 Survivor fans screaming at <laughs> this is so much fun. You're going to have to just invite like a bunch of people over to your house every sort of, you know, Wednesday night just to kind of, you know, create that atmosphere basically. Perfect. perfect. <laughs> yeah. In my living room. <laughs> How do you think you would have gone in that challenge? I mean, you know, let's, let's rewind that, but pretend this happened on your season two seasons ago. This was the final four challenge. Do you think that would have been something that would have played into your advantage? I don't know. You know, it's really hard to tell just from watching it, like, how hard it is to work that device, uh, you know, with your foot and everything. And, and of course, you know, how tired and, and fatigued and hungry you are at that point in the game. Um, I just, from watching them, it looks like it's a pretty difficult challenge. So I, I don't think I would do all that well. I found it fascinating in Mike's exit interview. He said that, um, you know, as his profession, he would have done very well in that, uh, in that challenge. And then he was talking about the fact that even if he hadn't have, uh, won that challenge. Um, he basically spent about ten days building fire before he even went out in the show. So he was he was like kicking himself seeing that final episode. Oh shit! This was like perfect. The, the challenge, the fire building bit. So um, just add salt to Mike's wounds there. <laughs> No, he's such a great guy. Poor guy. <laughs> now, what was your take then on the the whole final, the, the twist? Because the thing that's kind of surprised me a lot about the reaction about this twist, this twist was known amongst most of the fans. I mean, this was something that, uh, I don't know if it was Jeff might have talked about or somebody, I think, and I don't necessarily even think it was just a spoiler. I think this was something that somebody in production talked about pre-season. I'm pretty certain that's how it came about. So, I mean, for the most part, the fans... Super fans knew that this was going to happen. But, I mean, everybody has just completely gone off at this twist. I think the majority is just negative. They're calling this is rigged. This helped Ben win the game. Um, I mean, do you are you on the notion that this is something that they come up with, like they come up with in a meeting and think, we might use this, we might not, they will use it based on a season? Or do you think they will go into a season 100%? This is a twist we're using no matter what the scenario is at the final four because... It's kind of everybody's claiming that this is something that they've brought in halfway through the game and not that was already preconceived pre-season. Yeah, no, I, they, they definitely uh, don't pull any tricks like that. They know before season starts or before game starts what what all the uh, like say events that are that are gonna that they're gonna set up. Um, and actually, you know, I, I think I heard someone else say this that you know. Um, Ben, uh, they 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 Jeff teased this twist in the game before they had, um, competed in the immunity challenge. So it easily, Ben easily could have not easily, but he could have won immunity that challenge. And then it's not Ben doing the fire making; it's two other people. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think uh, I don't think there was any funny business going on or anything. As far as whether or not I like the t- twist, I know some people are of the mind that. Um, you know, you, you need to know that it's coming. You can't just have it drop in because you can't prepare for that. You can't – but, but again, I think that the other – the flip side of that, and this is where I really think I land on it, is that you do have to expect that anything can get thrown at you in Survivor and, and you just – and maybe you can't prepare for it, but you have to at least know that that's a possibility, that there's something that you just can't see coming that you're going to have to deal with. 
and certainly that's what happened uh, in this finale. Yeah, I completely agree with that because, I mean, in all technicality, Survivor's pretty much a game with no rules and that they can kind of just spring things on you at any point. I mean, the show's littered <laughs> with this. I mean, you know, season three, Silas could bitch and moan his whole life that there was a twist and that he was in, you know, just all these people across the line, you know, Sari, Micronesia. So many people have kind of had this and... Yeah, I, this, I'm just so certain that there was something more mentioned about this as well, um, about the twist. And I, I also think Jeff seemed to go out of his way to kind of subtly defend it as well, because that was kind of the first time we'd ever seen them show a little video package of how a person won a game so specifically. And then he was quick to say, this will be back next season. So it's kind of almost like his way of saying like, hey, this is like a new thing that we just didn't do just to make Ben win. And hey, here's a video montage of how Ben won this game. It wasn't just he got a lucky twist. So it's kind of like Jeff was maybe going to expect some backlash. So that's why he went out of his way to do what he did in the finale. Yeah, you know, and I think like, you know, Survivor has to has to stay fresh and has to evolve. And, you know, the way they do that is to tweak these little things here and there and you know, there used to be no such thing as hidden immunity idols, but now we we just take them for granted as an actual, you know, acceptable part of the game. But certainly, uh, I forget what was it, season thirteen or something when that first appeared. Um, you know, it, it's it's I think it's completely fair. I, I get I, I get you know the, the people being upset about it, but at the end of the day, especially going forward, if it's if it's going to be a thing that Final Four is a fire making challenge, I think that's okay. I I personally like it. I I mean, I'm a huge Final 2 advocate, and I think I always liked that choice that a person had to make of, like, who am I taking to the end? And it was either, you know, you just vote someone out. Because, I mean, you know, that in itself brought drama. I mean, you you think about people like Colby and Wu, who are kind of always, you know, absolutely ripped into for making a dumb decision that cost them winning the game. And just, just little things like that that I really appreciate. And... I mean, I like this aspect that kind of one person gets that one choice and then it's kind of left up to fate. And I like people sort of joking because, you know, people are sort of saying, oh, this was brought in because they always would say fourth place became that third place of the deserving player who was voted out just before the end. Case in point yourself, David. See, there's a sucking up. Um, but it's it's a kind of the case that people are saying like, oh, now there's going to be a final four so that, the you know, they're gonna, then the fifth place person is never going to end. But... I don't know. I, I like yeah. it. I, I like the twist. I, as soon as I heard it pre-season, I'm like, yeah, that could that could work. It does kind of leave it up to to a bit of fate and a bit of you know, there's a bit of strategy involved because Chrissy ultimately used that strategy, didn't she? Like, okay, Ryan, I'm going to take you because Devin, I think, is going to beat Ben in a fire. Whereas Ryan, you're probably not going to. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I think it's I think I, I think it's a fun twist, and uh, you know, actually, well, obviously, we'll find out. How it plays out next season, if uh, and and you know going forward, if if it's something that stays in the game or if it's just going to be this blip uh, for these two seasons. But uh, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. What was your take on on Devin's game overall? You know, it's funny. Uh, Devin kind of reminded me in the beginning of like Ken, or at least the relationship that he had with Ryan. It reminded me of Ken and, and me. Um, but I think Devin. We played a great game. I mean, I think, uh, and probably doesn't get enough credit for that. But um, yeah, I just you know, flipping on Mike, and uh, you know, I, he seemed to really build some strong social uh, bonds with people. So and was loyal. So I, I really, I really liked him. I loved his strategy where he had that whole like spy moment with Ben, like be a spy, pretend you were on the out, and things like that. Like something that there's always subtle 
strategies that come into this game so long where you, as soon as it happens, you're like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Why hasn't anyone done that before? If they have, like, it's kind of never been, been prominent. So yeah, I like Devin. I think Devin was, was underrated. And I mean, I think he probably would have had a really good shot at winning this game had he, had Ben not made it and had he made it to the end instead. Yeah, I think Devin's super likable, and obviously being likable is uh, is one way you can win Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he fits that fourth-place club pretty well, then? Like, if you're going to welcome in your fourth-place club meetings about the players that, you know, narrowly missed out, do you think he fits that overall player of a very good player who just couldn't quite make it to the end? Well, it's funny because that's a, that's a debate now, is, is whether is Devin a fourth-place player or was he supposed to finish third and Ben was supposed to finish fourth. So it's, it's a kind of a hard question to answer, but, uh, but certainly I think he's a great player and well-deserving of, uh, of a return. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he, he's definitely in that, uh, you know, that frame of uh, coming back one day. He's kind, he's kind of almost narrowly kind of fits into that Joe, Aussie, Malcolm sort of club of sort of the the young guy. But I think he's kind of different because I think those three, maybe not so Malcolm, Aussie, Joe, particularly rely more on the physical side of things and the fact that the girls love them and strategically they're not maybe the best, whereas Malcolm's strategically good and Devin's kind of, I don't know, Devin's the whole package. He's And, you know, nice guy and you know, I like Devin. I don't know, there's just something about Devin that I liked. Great guy, yeah. Like I said, I only met him briefly, but super cool guy. And again, doesn't seem bitter at all by the uh, by the experience and by the twist. So yeah, really cool guy. Good to mention. I think Chrissy's uh, four immunities as well, and, and just overall this this season. Um with just women and immunities, I think we were pointed out last week by one of our listeners that if Chrissy was to win the last two, it's a record in terms of females winning. Um, and only I think they mentioned Marquesas was the only season where women won every immunity except for one, but this had more challenges, so this therefore sets a record. I mean, that's that's incredible. Chrissy, I mean, she's forty six years old. She she joins obviously uh, Jenna Kelly Wigglesworth and Kim Spradlin in the in the four individual immunity club. Uh, just an incredible performance, I think, and uh, that itself deserves uh, some credit for Chrissy. Oh, absolutely! I think Chrissy played an amazing game, and it's unfortunate. Um, you know, there's a lot of bad, uh, negative exit press that, that from some of the other contestants that she played with, uh, which is just unflattering. <laughs> but um, but I thought she played an amazing game, and, and uh, honestly, I surprised she didn't get more votes, and maybe that speaks to maybe things that we didn't see or whatever, but, uh, yeah, amazing. She was really great. Do you think it's another sort of topic, which I don't really think there's a, an actual answer to, but do you think there's something against sort of that older female sort of motherly contestant that can get to the end and that we really have sort of had a trend where they play a pretty decent game, get to the end, they just can't get it over the line. Do you think there's something subconsciously about that? Or is that something that people just read into too much when it comes to that, type of player i think it's a very real thing to be honest um and we can debate what where that comes from and what what it really means but it, it just seems to happen enough where uh for whatever reason they, they, you know, these older women i say older i mean she's only she's three years older than i am but uh but yeah they just don't get the respect that i think they deserve um not only in in the game and their gameplay but just just as people and yeah it's a really weird thing and uh, i hope that changes cuz it's it's interesting to think that out of the ones that we just mentioned sort of Jenna Kim Spradlin and and Kelly Wigglesworth i mean Kelly aside that was the first season so that was obviously a little bit different she only lost by one vote but i mean 
Jenna won, Kim won. It was used as a large part of the argument of why they won. They were so dominant in challenges. And, I mean, it's not that she wasn't respected for that at the end. And, again, you can always put the argument with Ben there. It was always going to be difficult. But it's just, I don't know. It just, it's like, there's something about it. I've I've always just kind of been on that camp of, like, there's got to be something here with it. Because, you know, I... I was a big fan of some of these players that kind of get there and just can't quit. You know, I was a big Monica fan. I mean, I had a different game to Chrissy, I realise. Sherry, different game to both of those, I realise. Um, but it just seems that, yeah, you're going to get a whole lot of crap that goes alongside of this. And it's just, I don't know, I think we need to do an episode on this, David, <laughs> just entirely just getting a, a panel, a round table, and just discussing whether this is, you know, and what, what, how can a, a woman of a certain age win this game? Because we haven't had it, obviously, since, you know, Denise. Yeah, yeah, I think, honestly, that's it's that's the, one of the hardest demographics to, to win this game for whatever those reasons are. But, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, I think, easier in Survivor to be uh, a young a young white guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably... Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, speaking of young white guys, Ryan. Um, I mean, Ryan was yeah. Ryan was fun. I, I enjoyed Ryan and kind of a lot of people, you know, saw these sort of Cochrane vibes and things like that. But it was interesting. I remember in our pre-season uh, prediction, uh, I had uh, my co-host and Billy Garcia on and they were both kind of, yeah, I don't see Ryan going far. I don't see it. And I was like, oh, I think Ryan can go far in this game. I can't remember where I, I put him, but... Um, I, I was impressed by Ryan, I think, for the most part. And I think kind of he had a very strong early game. And as I mentioned in the exit into ask him about, I'm like, did that help uh, not help you at the end? Because everybody who saw your early game was not on the jury. So, therefore, they can't exactly, you know, kind of see what you did and everything. I mean, what what did you think of Ryan? I know you sort of mentioned that you kind of felt he was a bit like you, similar sort of with Mike, but uh, overall, Ryan's game? Yeah, Ryan, Ryan's great. Yeah, I mean, I love how hard he was playing. And I, and I, I really do think that... Um, yeah, some people would say you should not play hard at all and just lay low, but then, of course, you don't get credit for anything. So I And, and you know, people push back on this idea of a resume, but I think Ryan certainly was building up a, a pretty good resume. Um, obviously, you know, the, the physical challenges were a challenge. <laughs> and uh, But, no, I uh, and, he, and he got a vote in Devin, which is great. And, of course, Devin says he loves the underdogs. I was ready for Ryan as well. Um, and, again, super I, – I just having met him in person, like just a really cool guy, and I can imagine um, – I, I'm also surprised he actually didn't get uh, more than just the one vote as well. Mm. He's yeah, he, I, I agree with that. And um, I mean, it's it's kind of this thing now. I feel where we're really always at least getting on every season, kind of that absolute super fan, kind of nerdy trope sort of player, you know, in a post Cochrane world. Um, but yeah, I, I think kind of the thing that they at least do each season is they do kind of seem to make it different each season. It's it's kind of it's not the I don't know to say obvious one. They're not a Cochrane every season, if that makes sense. I mean, Ryan to me is not a Cochrane because Cochrane's a different player than Ryan is. So yeah, I I see what they're trying to do, but I don't see kind of after seeing him playing overall comparisons to Cochrane. Yeah, I mean certainly they represent sort of the same archetype, but they are two very different people, and uh, and they play different. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, wiggle room within one archetype. <laughs> with the, with actually the final tribal, um, this was the second time we've kind of had that open forum. I mean, you if they keep this up, uh, David, you can officially say you were part of the last season that had the traditional uh, jury format as a, as opposed to kind of this open one. Are you a fan of this open forum that they do now as opposed to what you had on your season? As a as a TV watcher, as a viewer, I like it. As a player, I would not like it because I think it um, 
it, it can lead to a little more conflict, which is why it makes good TV. But also, too, if you know, if you're on the jury, like, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't like, I don't like speaking, believe it or not, and I don't like being uh, in front of cameras and, and, and all that. And so, certain, once you get voted out of the game, all you want to do is just like, okay, finally, it's over. At least that's how I feel. And uh, the last thing you want to do is feel like you still have to participate <laughs> in any meaningful way at, at uh, tribal councils. Um, so yeah, as a fan watching, I like it, but as a player, I would not like it. And I think what's, um, I think I brought it up to Ryan, uh, that for them, that was kind of, that would have been new because this was filmed when Game Changers was airing. So they would have not seen it. It was a similar thing to how for people in Fiji, the final three was quote new because they hadn't seen Cook Island. So even for us, it's not new. So I kind of think that we might see something different going into next season that players can prepare for this differently, if that makes sense. Because I guess I, I don't know how much preparation would change from a from a final tribal perspective from a player about addressing everybody individually to preparing yourself for an open forum. Because I can imagine this would suit different players, you know, in different ways. If you're better at kind of like a, a conference sort of, round table thing like that you're gonna it's gonna suit you but if you're better at the one-on-ones and kind of back traditionally way so uh, i i feel that the ghost island will see this be a little bit differently in terms of strategy if that makes sense yeah well i mean i think uh certainly when in final tribal and uh, players are you know making their case i think um sometimes players can get lost in specifics and i think it's much easier to get a jury on your side if you're talking in more broad terms um Certainly, you can mention idols that you found or played or whatever, but for the most part, um, nobody, people are just going to fall asleep in the minutia of the game you played. You just need to like, what is in a broad, in broad, in the broadest of terms, what game did you play? And you got to make that case. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, we did kind of speak about Chrissy there, and I didn't know if there's anything you really wanted to add overall about Chrissy that we kind of haven't mentioned, and we can just sort of uh, talk about Ben. But uh, I mean, did you said you didn't meet Chrissy when you were there in LA? I did it. I was at the after party, and uh, it was very crowded, and I was kind of hiding in a corner of the bar <laughs> where it was a little quieter. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to meet her, unfortunately. But, no, I th- I th- again, I thought she played a great game, and I-, I think she should be asked back as well. And uh, I don't know if she has any interest in that or not, but, um, uh, you know, it- I- it's, it's got to be really hard to make it into a final three and then go through that all over again. Yeah, you know, yeah. I-, I needed a break. Um when I when I first got out, it, it takes a while to just get back to get used to regular life after you play Survivor. Yeah. If you make it meaningful amount of uh, distance into the game, which is amazing. These, I mean, how many players have played back to back now? There's at least like ten, maybe or something like that. But I mean, it's just it's ridiculous to think they can go straight back. Wasn't Russell like literally kind of home for a day or two, and then he was back out in a plane again or something like that? And the interesting thing about that is the the players in the second season didn't get a chance to watch his first season, so exactly. they had no idea what like. But yeah, I, I don't, I cannot understand. Possibly, I would never have the strength to play two seasons back to back. I don't know how Zeke did it. I don't know how Russell did. It, I don't know how anybody does it. It's uh, it's extraordinary, and I, it's uh, it's so draining. And to just take two or three weeks off and then do it all over again? No, no thanks. Yeah, no, it's 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 really crazy. I I am uh, proud to say this is the furthest my preseason winners pick has ever gotten. Second, I picked Chrissy from the get go that she was going to win this game, and I'm like, holy shit, this could actually happen. I could actually predict a winner finally. But uh, second, I'll take it. I mean, you know, <laughs> Great, solid pick, solid pick. You yeah. should not be. Uh, you should not- Yep, yep. Uh, ben, obviously, great person's name. Uh, great, great game by Ben. Uh, and I think kind of that's the one thing that I 
think is really important to note is that twists or not, he played a great game. Um, I, I, it's not one of these players that he got to the end and you think, well, how did he win? You can see what he did to sort of get to the end. And I think he has come out with this as a great representation as a person, kind of what he's been through and as, as a player of this game. But, uh, what was what was your take on 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 Ben's game overall? And uh, I mean, where do you think he sits on the grand scheme of survivor winners? I think he sits quite high, and it's kind of like what you're saying. There's a there's a bit of Mike Holloway in him because he's at the bottom and just trying to trying to claw his way out of this hole and and managing to do it and and pull out the win. Unfortunately, because of the twist and because I guess you know the, the fire making challenge and, and how some people feel about it. I feel like people want to put like an asterisk next to his win, but I, I don't think that's fair. I think he absolutely deserved the win and uh, a great player as well. I, I completely agree with that because I think that's it's so unfair to think that because nobody puts an asterisk next to Parvati's name uh, with how she won in Micronesia, and I think that was more of a robbed Sari of a win. Uh, you know, I mean, the different situations I realize, but... Um, no one ever does that against poverty, so I don't think that's fair to to kind of do that for Ben. But um, yeah, he's he's um definitely someone who I think will surely come back one day, or at least be in that conversation. Should they do a winners or a legend season or something like that? But uh, very popular guy too amongst uh you know the the fans as well. But I think maybe more so before the twist. Um, but uh. Yeah, I, I would like to see him back. I think he would he would do very well. How, how do you think if you if you saw a winner season in the future, Ben versus Adam? How do you think? Do you think those two would want to work together? Do you think they would be against each other? How do you think Adam would play compared to Ben? Well, that's interesting. Uh, well, they they. Uh, I mean, Adam's pretty sneaky too. You know, <laughs> he found uh, a couple idols and uh, and an advantage. So uh, they probably what would happen is they probably run into each other in the middle of the night looking for stuff. <laughs> They'd just be this sort of like nighttime duo sneaking through the jungle or something like that. Um, I want to, I mean, nothing really to talk too much about the reunion. I mean, you were there, of course, for the union. Um, it's, I mean, reunions are kind of becoming less and less relevant in many aspects because we don't hear from the majority of the cast. I mean, we get some great stories. Obviously, the stuff with, you know, Ben's um, Marine Buddies was fantastic um, and just kind of the things we get. But, how do you feel about reunions in general? Because, I mean, you know, back gone are the days where we legitimately at least got a question to every person. Now we basically hear from the top four, top five, and we pretty much forget that anybody else was on this season. Yeah, it's tricky. And obviously, in, like in a 20-person season, it's you know, there's two more people to worry about. And, and obviously, you know, Survivor, it didn't even used to be 18. It was even less. But, um, yeah, it's uh, I, I, I like reunions just because as a fan, I just I weirdly need this kind of sense of closure to say goodbye to even like you know, even like first and second and third boots or whatever. I just want to like yeah see and he want to see him want to see what they look like yeah. and what they look like off the island and everybody of course always looks like so done up and and, and you know um, and they're they're a normal weight but because you've seen them starving you think they're fat you know it's just it's just <laughs> a weird thing yeah I enjoy the reunions and then of course you get it you get the tease for the next season that's always fun so. Which does bring us to that. Um, Ghost Island, it, I mean, again, the, the name had been leaked a while ago. The cast is out there. If people want to see it, it's pretty much been revealed. But this was the first time that we sort of got a look at the twist. And, I mean, essentially what it brought us down to is that there's this island called Ghost Island where I'm assuming people will get sent to. 
and it's kind of littered with relics from Survivor past, past twists and, and um, you know, idols and mistakes in the game, basically, and you're going to get this option. It hasn't been fully explained, but that's kind of, I think Jeff did an interview with Dalton Ross where he kind of mentioned a little bit about that. I personally love the idea that we're kind of going to get this sort of history of Survivor, like as in all the torch snuffers are going to be there, or all the, you know, like the famous stick idol and things like that. I loved how Jeff held up, like, James's... Uh, you know, Idol from China and things like that. But, um, I mean, it's a unique idea, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of something that when people were thinking, what is Ghost Island? I don't think that's anything anybody predicted that this would be. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I thought it was going to be, like, former contestants that were actually on an island <laughs> that were going to get into the game, like, halfway through or something crazy like that. No, I love I love this twist. And actually, uh, not to the nerd out and geek out and get so specific here, but um, I, I think it's the best Survivor logo they've ever done. It's, uh, yeah, it's you, a good-looking logo. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, the skull formed by, like, you know, these uh, survivors holding up torches. And, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it's fun. I think it'll be fun. It's, I and mean... And I haven't been sport- yeah, well, I, I, I did have a look at the cast, um, but I mean, the thing that's hard when these, you know, Redmond leaks the cast is that on paper, they just look like a generic group of people. Like, it's, nobody stands out, um, and it's kind of, it's not until you get the intros that you will kind of get that, but... Um, yeah, it's it's so fascinating to kind of think that they come up with these ideas for it. And I think, um, you know, the, the rumours are that kind of we're going to have a bunch of new seasons back-to-back now in terms of no returning players. I think that um, 37 and 38 have pretty much been confirmed as new player seasons, which, if that's the case, it's the first time, I think, since um, Panama, Cook Islands, Fiji and China that we've had four in a row of all new players, which is, and you would assume that would then go to 40 with, you know, possibly season 39 being all newbies, which would be the first time since like the first, I think six seasons or whatever that we've had that many new players seasons in a row. So, um, it's, I mean, you, you work in television, you're, you're a writer. How, how does it come up with the ideas of coming up with these twists? Because, you know, I, I, I struggle to think of ideas of what they could do for future survivor seasons. So these guys are smart little cookies. Yeah, they are. I, I think it'd be a really fun job, actually. Um, no, I love it because, you know, again, yes, as you're saying, Survivor's been on for so long, and now this is sort of like going to honor that history, and and it, it'll be fun, you know, like uh, having these components, whatever whatever they are exactly, but you know, be resurrected in the game. Um, as, as a super fan, anyway, maybe casuals won't care. Although this is <clears throat> probably a good season for casuals to uh, you know learn about what they've been missing. Uh, so yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I always love the seasons where they have callbacks. Like, you know, I remember it was in Heroes Villains, they would always say like, oh, this challenge was used here or this was that. I remember even in the very first All-Stars when they had that trivia challenge where they just kind of, you know, the, the challenge was literally asking them what happened in seasons of Survivor and things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I love kind of callbacks to that. So it's, it's a unique little thing. Uh, and I love kind of the little intro package they played and showed all these, you know, like, you know, the famous Eric Reichenbach bit, you know, James, you know, things like that. And uh, I loved it. Somebody was tweeting at um, Eric Reichenbach. It's like, you're on my TV. And it's like, this will never die or something like that. Just like, you know, just funny little moments like that. But um, yeah, it's great to kind of, to have this, to kind of go over with it. Um, now, before we get to some listening questions and we'll get to our, our ratings, just in general yourself, I just, I'll just take this moment to ask, I mean, how, how has things been for you post-Survivor? I mean, it has been a year since you were on the show, Dave, and as I said, we've never had you on the show, so, uh, I mean, how has life changed? What are you doing? Are you still writing? Kind of, what, what, is, what is David Wright up to now in a post-Survivor world? Yeah, I've got a, um, an animated pilot, um, uh, over at TBS, uh, and actually we just, uh, 
handed in, delivered the animatic, and uh, we should know um, hopefully in the next month or two whether or not it's going to get picked up for. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um, and yeah, I can't believe it's been a year since my my season's uh, reunion was actually. Uh, it, it's flown by. But I'm really happy to say I've kept up um, relationships and friendships with the majority of, of my castmates, and we're all really tight. And uh, I have nothing but fond memories of my experience out there. I feel really lucky with the group of people that I got to play with. Is it? Um, are you allowed to tease us what the the pilot is on, like, or is it kind of you know just hush hush for the time being? It's a little hush hush right now. I really shouldn't say anything. I, I, I probably already said too much, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, hopefully knock on wood. Uh, you'll you'll actually get the chance to to watch it on your TV screen. There we go. We'll, we'll definitely uh, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. And I know there's a few other questions here, sort of through our listeners that kind of uh, relate to your uh, your writing career. But before we get to those, uh, we do have to rate these episodes. As as I said to you, sort of off air, we we buy them if it was a brilliant episode. We rent it if it was okay, and we say bin it here. But I realised trash it. Uh, for, for I I kind of got told off a few weeks ago. I can't remember who it was. Like, what what does that mean, bin? It. It's like, well, okay, trash. Sorry. Um, you know, Australian, American. Um, but we'll go with the, the finale. We'll do the finale and their reunion separately. So if you had to give the uh, finale a rating, are we buying it, are we renting it, or are we binning it? I will buy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think it was a great finale. I, I think um, it was, I mean, it wasn't boring. It was fun. And the challenge, I mean, itself was great, the final one. And it was a, yeah, good final tribal council. I would I would agree with you, David. What about the reunion? Uh, this one's going to be a little bit different, I feel. <laughs> well, I, I'll be honest. I'm going to buy it, and I'll tell you why. Is because, first of all, I, lo- I love the winner, and I love his story, and I love that, uh, you know, his... Um, is uh, the other Marines, his friends came out and, and just to put like a spotlight on, on PTSD because obviously so many people are coming back uh, from you know the wars that were just abundant and uh, and coming with these these really difficult problems and they're and they're having a hard time readjusting to you know, civilian life and I think it's a good message or it's it's good it's good to get exposure get exposure to it and and maybe a little bit of a sounding board. So, I, I, I buy it. I'll, I buy the reunion. No, well, I, I'm going to rent it because, I mean, I know a lot of people hated it. Uh, and I'll, I'll say I don't think it was the best reunion ever. But, I, I mean, I, I think that whole situation, like, I agree with you, kind of. I love that moment when, like, Ben's friends came out on the stage. And I think the thing with the reunion that, yeah, ultimately in the grand scheme of Survivor reunions wasn't the best. But, I mean, it, it still was entertaining. And, it you know, it didn't rely on uh, so many things that they kind of go to. We didn't get any random, hey, let's talk to Cochrane moment. Um, so... There was there was that too, but yeah, no, I'm going to rent it. I I think it at least deserves a little bit of love there with it. But uh, there we go. Uh, can I just say that all season we did not get a bin for any episode this season. If I'm just looking at, which is interesting considering. Oh, actually, well, we technically did, but I don't count that episode because I wasn't on it. Uh, <laughs> we had random people. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I I like this season. I I think this season is going to be one that. Uh, over time will get better with age and that people will appreciate this season a lot more. Kind of like a Nicaragua or a Vanuatu that will get appreciated a lot over time. But listen to questions here, David. Now, we've got a bunch here. I'm going to skim through these as quickly as I can because uh, a lot of people were interested to talk to you. We've got some of our regulars. We've got some fun questions here that they like to send in each week. We've got a few little game things here. We'll see how many we can get through these uh, with what we've got. Uh, and to everybody who's sending questions this season, uh, thank you very much. It's obviously been great having you on board. But um, I got a couple here on our Instagram post. Um, 
particularly one from the Australian Survivor Memes Instagram page. So they've got two here. Uh First of all, uh, are you ever coming to Melbourne? You know, uh, I just went. I just returned to Fiji, and I had planned to actually use that to get to Australia. We got a free ticket, um, but then I didn't. So it's a terrible story. But yeah, I, <laughs> I would love to see Australia. There's so much, uh, so many things I want to see and do there, and, and people too. Um, so yeah, I hope I don't have any plans in the immediate future, but I do someday hope to get there. I know a few like Adam was spent a long time here, didn't he? And did I see was it Michaela or Hannah was here? I think were they, or was I making that up? Was Christy traveling, perhaps? Anna was there, and Rachel was there. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Michaela, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of people. And then, actually, you know, the, the pre-jury trip was, uh, was Australia. So I oh, was it really? Oh, I didn't, know, I didn't realize that. There you go. Uh, what was uh, re- like returning to, to Fiji? It was weird. Um, it was really weird. I, it, Adam and I and, and Jay um, hung out. I spent five days with them, and we returned, actually, to the beaches where we shot the show. And... Uh, Mona Riki looks the same, looks identical to how it looked when I was there, but um, Tavua looked very different because uh, a lot of the, the bushes had, had grown, uh, that had been removed for the show had grown back, and the, and the beach, uh, there's like less sand on it, and it was just kind of this weird, sort of distorted dream version <laughs> of what I remember. You know. Did you, no temptation but to like, was- just spend the night there and, you know, like, start a fire and... <laughs> <laughs> It's really weird. So at one point on Motoriki, it was just Adam and I on this entire island, just the two of us, and we didn't even have a boat. The boat dropped us off and just went off to fish, and we couldn't see it. And so we're just walking around this island, and a few hours went by, and it's like, uh, they're coming back, right? Because, yeah, we don't have any fresh water. We don't have any food. And, uh, and the creepy thing was I saw I came upon some fresh footprints, and uh, so I'm like, okay, so somebody was here earlier today, and I, I assume they're not here now. But anyway, it's, it's, it was really cool. Fun, fun times. Um, it also has another question. Um, what's the weirdest and or most memorable fan interaction you ever had? <clears throat> fan interaction? Hmm. Uh, well, I signed uh, someone's boob. I've never done that before in my life. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to that is. Weird and new for me. Uh, yeah, so that was that was something. Mm, that's I was in, intrigued by those people who like sort of get body parts because I mean I know some will go off and get them tattooed, but does that person then go and get the permanent tattoo of David Wright's signature on their boob? Because <laughs> I, I wasn't very good at it, and I was worried about hurting. It was a, it was just it was awkward, but uh, yeah, we got we got through it. That's that's very interesting. Um. All right, so let's have a look here. What else we've got? Uh, Layla um, says, I'm looking forward to the Hidden Immunity Idol that actually looks like a stick, uh, obviously, in reference to next season. I'm so excited for Ghost Island, even though people are not keen on it. What are you guys looking forward to being revisited? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, well, this is going to sound really self-serving, but uh, they... they showed my fake idol that Jay played. So uh, it'd be kind of neat if that ends up being on the show. I wouldn't mind getting another look at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, it's kind of, you know, like these sort of fan service bits that they can have. And, uh, I mean, one that you're involved in, I guess, that's going to be like a a cool little moment to sort of... uh, to do as well, so um, I love I love how they've hold, held. I love how Jeff said like it took a, a lot of time to get these. Like some of them, obviously, they would have had got them out of the fire. But then you know, like James's ones. I mean, did he keep them? Did they have to contact James? Like, hey, can we use your idols? Like, it's kind of interesting to think the efforts that they went to to get all these props. 
I know it, it is interesting. Yeah, I, I wonder. Uh, I wonder where they came from. If they get, they were in some like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark warehouse. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, thanks for that question. Uh, so Valerie here asks, when was the last time you spoke to Tiger Mum Lucy? <laughs> oh, uh, I saw Lucy um, about two or three weeks ago. We got lunch. Uh, it was actually me, Lucy, Sunday, and uh, Cece. Nice. And as a bl- yeah, and actually, and, and Lucy's husband, and uh, and actually Sunday's uh, sister-in-law. Fantastic. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I I've stayed in touch with her. You know, we, we're not we don't hang out all the time, but yeah, we we get uh, lunch uh, on occasion. Fantastic. Uh, Oriko have now. You kind of answered this one, but <laughs> he's sort of gone for more specifics. Who is a better reflection of you, Michael Ryan? Yeah, I, I really think I'm the love child uh, of the two of them. So uh, you know, I think obviously I'm I'm older and. Uh, but uh, you know, personality-wise, maybe I'm a little closer to uh, to Ryan um, in the, just a brief amount of time that I've hung out with them both. I'm saying that, but yeah, uh, but somewhere in between the two of them, uh, there's a, there's a David Wright. <laughs> good, good, good comparison. Isaac Brower uh, says, since you were a TV writer, David, how would you write an episode of Survivor to make it as epic as possible? That's a good question. Oh God! Uh, I, I don't. God, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's the the, the trickiest thing about uh, Survivor, and it, it all comes all comes down to the the storytelling they do and the editing is hiding the ball, so it doesn't get too predictable. Uh, and I think they do an excellent job on a regular basis, more so than I think I could do if I were scripting it. So uh, yeah, I uh, the Survivor's in good hands with with the people that are telling the stories as it stands. Yeah, Isaac also adds, uh, "What was it like being on the jury, and why did you vote the way you did?" Uh, it was, uh, interesting being on the jury. I, you know, the, the, obviously I w- it would have been nice to have won, but, um, the nice thing about being on the jury is that I felt like I got to experience almost every aspect of the game. So I, I, I got one night of being on the jury and, uh, you know, and obviously all the game days that I got, but, um, as far as why I vote for, voted for Adam, uh, I saw a lot of myself in him and this is going to sound narcissistic, but I, I kind of felt like in a way... Uh, I was voting for myself. Uh, just in, you know, he found two idols. I found two idols, um, and he was playing really hard. And he's a super fan, so I just kind of related to him the most. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's why I voted for Adam. There you go. Thanks for the question, there, um, Isaac. Uh, we'll go to one of our first of our games here. Rachel Harper. She sends this one in. Now, this is a similar sort of game to Ding Mary Kill, except you've got uh, five options here with five oh. people. All right. Oh God. So, do you want the options first or the people first? <laughs> uh, let's go with the options first. Okay, so bear with me here. The options are kiss, marry. I said it was different. I mean, it is. There's more. Uh, have a lunch date with, spend 24 hours on an abandoned island, or run to the hills, like run away from. So, they're your five options. Oh, uh, no. Now it's personal. Uh, the five people here, you have Christy Bennett. Uh, Queen Sandra, Sue Hawke, uh, Corinne, I'm going to guess that's Corinne Kaplan, and Phoebe Timmons. So we've got three Americans and two Aussies there. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I'm just going to say run from Sue just because she seems pretty intense and I feel like she'd call me a snake and, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'd probably run from her. Uh, let's do kiss Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Let's do a lunch date with Corinne. Um, what are my other options? Uh, you've got, uh, marry and spend 24 hours on an island with. 
Oh, uh, and I've got Phoebe left, and, and who else? Sandra. And Sandra. Okay, let's go with um, twenty-four hours on an island with uh, Sandra, and we'll marry Phoebe. Done. That is a good choice. Thanks for that, Rachel. That's a fun question. There's a similar one to come, but it's kind of a little bit more. I'm not in depth. It's more open. Uh, Miranda asks, "What is the favorite challenge that you competed on during your?" This is a three-part question. I'll, I'll go. I'll ask them each separately. The first one: uh, favorite challenge you competed on during your season. Favorite challenge. Uh, I really enjoyed. Um, well, the the the. Uh, the from the last immunity challenge that I won, the individual immunity challenge, where I solved the bat puzzle and we had to run over a big pyramid thing, um, that was probably my favorite. That was the most satisfying because I was pretty far behind the whole time and then uh, was able to solve the puzzle when I didn't think I could. So it just felt really great. Uh, the second part of this one, and I don't know, I mean, you pretty much competed on all the challenges in your season, did you not? A challenge you most wish you could have done? Uh in any season ever? Let's or, go with that, because, I mean, or, you, you did compete in all of them in your season, did you not? Uh, yeah, I should have. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I would have. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I got... got you, know what, you know what? I actually really... Um, they don't seem to do this as much anymore, but I really love uh, when the final immunity challenge is, like, this epic set, right? Like, we saw that in Caramelon. Yeah. Uh, I think we saw that in Second Chance, and, you know, we've seen them, like, run through, like, like a spider, like a beast, rope beast or something. So I would love to, any 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 big, it's a very general thing, but any, I, let's go with the Caramel and, uh, the, the final immunity for Caramel and that. I love that. that yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I love sort of the, that's one thing that I miss from Survivor is when they just had that grand, like, one of my favorites of all time was the, um, the Thailand one where they're in the cave and they've got that contraption thing and they're just having to, like, push up against the wall and... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big t- a Thailand fanboy, David. Don't get me started on that. Um, uh, the worst challenge of all time. I have a nominee for this one from this season, but uh, the worst challenge of all time. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's got to be the uh, loved one's rock draw, Yes, right? yes, come on. That is like just, they just were lazy that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Thanks, Miranda, for that. Uh, Thomas, um, another question about Lucy here. What was your relationship with Lucy, like, in the game, and we'll have you caught up with us since we've, we've answered that one. What was, yeah, uh, your relationship like with Lucy in the game? Lucy and I actually had a very good relationship in the game. Um, the, the only thing that, that wasn't good was she wasn't willing to um, disclose everything to me. She basically wore on her sleeve that she didn't trust me entirely, and because of that, I couldn't trust her, and that's why I was so threatened with her remaining in the game. Um, and so, but I, but honestly, we were friends, uh, and still are, and, uh, yeah, she kind of kept me alive for, uh, the amount of time she was there. She was, uh, she was cooking and making these really great lunches out of nothing, and, uh, yeah, so without her, I'd probably be a dead man right now. Well, well Thomas adds, uh, she was a robbed goddess who is the queen of shushing. One of the most hilarious moments was her on the balance being telling everyone to shush, it was the first words that came out of her mouth after three episodes. So, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that's, I wish screen time, but this, yeah, it just didn't work out that way. Perfect, thanks, Thomas. Uh, Paul Dutch, David, what do you think? Uh, sorry, what did you think of Michaela and Zeke on Game Changers, and were you contacted for the season? Was not. I was not contacted, and there's no way I could have done it. I was in pretty bad shape uh, at the end of my season. I had infections on my face. I was, my feet looked like hobbit feet. They were swollen. 
as far as uh, Zeke and Michaela watch, I thought they were great. I thought they were really great. I mean, Michaela is and Zeke, they're both just really great TV, and uh, so I really enjoyed watching them. Perfect. Thanks for that question, Paul. Now, Olga here, she hasn't actually, yeah, no, I was going to say she's a regular. She hasn't sent one in a few weeks. Um, she's got a few comments here. So she says, love from Israel, as always, it has been a while, Oz Network. Uh, the results for the best winners poll came out recently from Dalton Ross. Typical my queen, Vesepia, is near the bottom, but Adam being so low was a surprise. I didn't appreciate that Rob was fourth. I like Rob, but placing a winner who won on a fourth try over a dozen is... A dozen others is horrible. Hated the poll. The only good news is Sandra and Richard made the top three. I mean, look, we, we did polls like this all the time when we used to do Oscars. I mean, it's, it's always going to be a, a different poll for every different show that does uh, rank the winners. Um, but, I mean, were you surprised that Adam was so low on that? Because, I mean, I know Adam's kind of a fresh winner, but I, I don't think Adam was as... I can't remember what number he was on that poll. But, um, yeah, I don't think he was as low, should have been as low as he was on that poll. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think he should have been so low either, and I don't even know why it went down that way. And, and you know, I, I don't, I don't know who the demographics of the people that are voting. Um, clearly, they're fans because they, they, they know all these names. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's surprising. Uh, but if, and, and it's meaningless. You could probably conduct that poll again today, and people yeah. would be in different spots. We we waited ours like we would have our people who worked on the show would give a list of like rate them individually and then we would weight that against the viewers audience and we'd kind of like balance it out you know the expert panel quote us being experts and the you know the listeners and it, yeah it was always different um you know you generally kind of get a similar top ten every single time around but I mean you know my bottom ten is going to be different to yours and others and because we all have different ways that we you know, rank winners we respect certain elements of gameplay differently so um Olga then adds. With that out of the way, much love and respect to David for your season. Great gameplay. You reminded me of Sari based on editing. Uh, how do you think you would have gone on game changes with people not knowing you apart from Michaela and Zeke? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you can you can see it as an advantage or a disadvantage. It just it really just depends on the group of people that you're playing with. With those group of people, I, I honestly have to say I'm so glad uh, I was not on game changers because. Um, <laughs> Again, I just feel so lucky with the cast that I got. Everyone was like really respectful uh, almost the entire time, and nobody took anything too personally for the most part. Uh, but you know, we didn't see that in Game Changers. We saw just a lot of like petty fighting and bickering, and I uh, that's just not my wheelhouse. I don't enjoy that. I don't like conflict. I, I try very hard to avoid conflict. And uh, yeah, I I, um, I don't think I would have done well, and I also don't think I would have enjoyed it anywhere near as much as I enjoyed my season. Good answer. Uh, Olga just says, uh, still hope Vesepi will be on your podcast in the coming year, if not Lauren Rimmer. Uh, we'll try to get both on again, as always, Olga. And she says, uh, enjoy your Christmas and holidays. Thanks, Olga. Back to you as well. Um, now, you've answered this one. Ray sort of has a question about, uh, I've seen you met Christy, Phoebe, and Flick when they came to the States. Any plan to come to Australia? Well, you've answered that. What was it like uh, hanging out with Christy, Phoebe, and Flick? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you're obviously a big fan of our version of, of Survivor, or at least have seen it. You know what? I actually started to watch season two, um, uh, but then it gave my laptop a virus, so I stopped oh. <laughs> watching. But uh, and I've heard uh, really great things about this this last season that just wrapped up, I believe, right? Um, but I haven't seen a single episode of that. But um, but I have to say the the production value of Australian Survivor seems equal to the American version, uh, the, the little bit that I've seen. 
Um, as far as uh, Phoebe and Flick, yeah, I hung out with them actually in Florida. Um, Christy, I hung out with in uh, Vegas. Uh, they're they're all super sweet and cool and uh, and, and fun. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I hopefully I will get a chance to see them again when I, whenever I end up in uh, in Australia. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I I think um, I spoke when I spoke to Mark yesterday in his exit interview, he wanted to see. So I'm like. Oh, message me on Twitter and I'll get you some episodes of the Australian Survivor. So he's messaged me and I'm just going to try to hook it up through Dropbox or something. If people are listening, just don't listen. Ignore this, Channel 10. Um, so, I mean, by all means, if you don't want viruses, you talk to me and I'll try and get you some decent copies of it. But again, Channel 10, don't listen. I'm not doing anything illegal. Um, Gene uh, says, uh, I would love to see Australia versus American season just so I can watch David, Christy, Adam, Jay and Phoebe Alliance making my Survivor dreams come true. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if you want to comment that. She's got another question here. That'd be a fun alliance, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm on board. Let's yep. do it. <laughs> uh, if Jessica had not been rocked out and she made final three, would you have voted for her to win if she was in Adam's place? Oh, that's interesting. Um, hmm, wow. That's a really great question. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a hard question to ask because I don't know what what happens with her game uh, going forward past that rock tribal. Um, but I, she's a super strong player, um, super likable, so she would be a very easy name to write down uh, for Soul Survivor. And hilarious on social media. Can I just say, if people don't follow her on social media, follow her. She's just, I love reading her tweets. She's just something else. She's great. Yeah, I love her a lot. I, uh, I saw her uh, recently as well. She's, she's wonderful. Uh, Matt says, I loved you on your season, David. Much like Sari, you and her both remind me of myself if I was to play the game. You both inspired me to want to play and get off the couch and apply for Australian Survivor, maybe not next year, but in 2019. A bit nervous because my swimming ability isn't great. I'm terrible, I reckon. But what tips do you give to people who are nervous more about the survival aspect than the strategic game? Uh, well, definitely you should be practicing making fire, um, preferably with a bamboo saw without having to use flint, though you should also practice with flint. Um, I think also you want to, before you go out there, if you, once you get the call, put on as much weight as you can because um, that will help you last uh, longer. Um, some people think you need to get in shape and, and, and lose all this weight. Yeah, if you want to look good on TV, maybe, but not, but not in terms of like dealing with the stresses of the game. I think it's better to put on weight. Um, other than that, uh, you know, just go in there with a really positive attitude, and I think you should play hard and just have as much fun as you can, and just know that you're probably not going to win. So just enjoy the time while you're there. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Matt. Uh, here's another game. Uh, Sasha Puderschmidt. She knows I love her because I love saying her name. This is similar to the one we had before, but the difference is uh, you've got four options and you've got a bunch of people here, so you, you don't have to, like, use one per person. You can just kiss all of them. You can slap all of them. You can, so it's kiss, slap, hug, run away, and she's added a fifth this week, uh, or give Christmas cold to. So... <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There we go. Time of year. All right. So we'll start off here. So uh, Mad Dog. Oh, Mad Dog. Love Mad Dog. Oh, Mad Dog. Which one's Mad Dog? Uh, from Australian Outback. Uh, she was, yeah. Jeez. I uh, I don't remember. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I, I, I don't remember Mad Dog. So uh, I'll run away from the unknown. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, Sheanne. Oh, jeez. Um, kiss. Yeah, some old school players here. Uh, Vesepia. Oh, 
Kiss? Uh, Amy, I'm guessing that's Amy Cusack based on the spelling of her name there. Oh, uh, let's go Hug. Hug. Uh, oh, Gandia. Good old Gandia. <laughs> uh, Kiss? Kiss. She was on an episode of Judge Judy recently. Um, Gandia. I... Yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. Uh, Corinne again. Corinne's getting mentioned a lot. Uh, Kiss. Kiss. Oh, a lot of kissing going on here. Oh, I hope you kiss his next player. Rupert. Uh... Uh, hug. Oh, damn it. Uh, well, he's, he's uh, somebody you ran away from earlier, Sue Hawk. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm run away again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aubrey. Oh, Kiss. Love her. I love kiss. Aubrey. Uh, Lucy again. Lucy's getting mentioned a lot this episode. <laughs> uh, hug. She's married. Uh, not that some of these others are, but I'll hug her. Adam. Uh, I'll hug Adam. Hug Adam. Uh, Sandra, I think you married her before, didn't you? Yeah, so uh, let's marry her again if I can. Uh, yeah, we'll make that a sixth option. Um, Billy Garcia. Uh, hug. Hashtag bring back Billy. Uh, Lauren from this season, Lauren Rimmer. Oh, kiss. Kiss. And we've got our perennial three Aussies here again. Uh, Christy, I think you kissed her before, didn't you? <laughs> oh, kiss her again? Phoebe. <laughs> Uh, kiss and flick. Kiss. Nobody kiss, gets coal. Kisses for everyone. <laughs> uh, of, no one got coal. I'm not giving coal to anybody. Yeah, that that's a good one. Uh, okay, let's see here. Saxon, you were very inspiring, David, in your season. Uh, I'm very skinny and socially awkward. Uh, would love to play, but it's people like you, Suri, and Cochrane that make people like us inspire to play. Oh, that's not a question. That's just a comment. There you go. Oh, nice. And honestly, uh. Cochrane is the reason I ever felt like I had a chance to play. I never would have applied before uh, until he played. So how many times did you apply before you got on? I applied three times. Um, and yeah, third time was the charm. There you go. I just applied for the third time for Australian Survivors. I'm hoping that's the same thing. Um, oh, what? Katie Silas, which three seasons, not including your own, would you like to have... Oh, hang on. Oh, no, hang on. I'm misreading this. This is a good one. Which three seasons, not including your own, would you like to have complete mind wipe and relive again for the first time? That is a very interesting uh, question. That's a great question. I'll say uh, Borneo. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say Second Chance. Second Chance is actually my favorite season. And I'll say uh, Heroes Villains. Good answers. I like that. Uh, let's see here, uh, no, that's a comment basically for me, uh, ah, here we go, this is one I was thinking about before that I knew I got one based on your writing career, Craig Lowe, uh, go and ask a non-survivor question, I love the episode you did of Family Guy, love that show, what was it like writing for this show and who was the fun, most fun to write jokes for? Oh God! Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a blast. Uh, it's a really competitive room. There were at that time twenty three writers. Wow! Uh, you had to yeah, you had to like talk over a din of, of uh, jokes. But uh, it's fantastic experience. As far as the best character to write for, um, well, you know when you when you pitch in that room, you have to actually do the voices, or at least you have to try. Uh, so I guess I really loved uh, doing Adam West's voice, Mayor West. Um, Unfortunately, he passed away, so no one's doing his voice anymore. But uh, yeah, I really liked uh, I really liked pitching for Adam. Did could you do voices? Can you do Family Guy voices? <laughs> uh, I, I, I I'm not going to do it right now because it's embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I used to I used to do the voices, uh, at least my version of them. Yeah. And did you get sorry, to? Sorry, sorry. 
No, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, I was kind of just picturing there. I didn't realize that's kind of how it was. Did you get to meet, work with, with Seth MacFarlane kind of in, in that room or? Yeah, well, you know, I started there uh, when I first got there. I was a writer's assistant, and at that time, he was um, in the room a lot more. Uh, when I eventually became a writer there, he was uh, getting a feature film career off the ground, so he wasn't around as much. But uh, but yeah, we still saw him at like you know table readings and, and recording sessions and stuff like that. Really talented, wickedly talented guy. Um, and uh, yeah, he he, um, he he reminds me of me with hair in terms of just. <laughs> Well, he physically looks. Uh, I wish I had his hair. <laughs> but uh, anyway, talented guy. So you'll be hosting the Oscars one day, basically, at this rate. We'll, uh... <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's helped for me. I, uh, I'm just looking here, I mean, at your um, filmography, at least. So you, you helped out or at least wrote or assisted on Malcolm in the Middle. Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, I wrote uh, two freelance episodes, and I was a writer's assistant on that show, and uh, that was a wonderful experience, and obviously, you know, we worked with uh, Brian Cranston, and then Brian Cranston became Brian Cranston, and yeah, uh, yeah it was a super great experience, love the people there. I love that show, that was, uh, yeah, growing up, and I mean, I, I was never a Breaking Bad, like, day one fan, I was one of the ones who kind of watched it later on, because I think I remember when I saw this show come out, I'm like... Hal from Malcolm in the Middle is playing a... Like, what? Like, this doesn't make sense. Uh, and yeah. now it's kind of... I could imagine going back and watching Malcolm in the Middle. It would be the complete opposite. I'm like, holy crap, this is this is weird. Guys <laughs> Eisenberg. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so thanks for that question there, uh, Craig. Uh, let's see, what else have we got? Um, Mark's question we sort of already touched on. Uh, Mark, fine with the winner. Way too many idols, advantages. Don't like production decision to open forum and final four twist. Um, is Survivor getting to the point where it is getting to be too much? <laughs> no, no, no. I say no. And and by the way, like, and Jeff has said this, but, you know, they like to take big swings. Um, not everybody's always going to like those swings, but I like that they take them because when they hit, they really hit. And uh, so I think we can put up with a couple of whiffs for those those hits. And I, I, I think it's also a case of again, the show's been on air for seventeen years. You, you've got to change it up. I mean, what TV shows are on air for that long? I mean, um, it's just it's difficult to maintain something the same for seventeen years. I mean, sure, yeah, old school fans want it to, but would this show have lasted for seventeen years if you don't bring in these twists? I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it would. Um, I, yeah, I think it keeps it fresh and it's. Engaging for uh, lifelong super fans like us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agree. Uh, Marlene says, uh, with the Final Four twist staying, I'm questioning it. Makes no difference when players know in advance. It just means they will try and get bigger players out sooner and not wait unless your Ben finds idols every episode. But if the twist happened in the past seven years, I seriously think we will end up with different winners. Tina may well have become our second two-time winner in Blood vs. Water. Kelly Wentworth wins second chance. Keith wins and not Natalie on Blood vs. Water 2. David, I'm sure you would have won your season. I mean, do you, I mean, again, it's a what-if game. It's, it's kind of, it's impossible to fully predict and it's, it's easy to say this, but again, it's going to be a completely different game scenario. But, I mean, did you look at that in any aspect when you saw this twist and think, if this twist had been on my season, I would have had a better chance? I could have won this season? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I did get very good at making fire because I, I, you know, made it almost every day out there, um, and I kept it going, and so, uh, Adam was not doing that, so, you know, maybe I would have beat him in a fire-making challenge, although I will say that, uh, in test-taking scenarios, I get, 
I get very nervous and make mistakes. So possibly, uh, possibly Adam still wins. Mm. So, but um, but I do understand. You know, it, it is it is better to know what the what the twists are, what the surprise, or not to not be surprised. That's more fair. But Survivor doesn't have to be fair. So exactly, I'm okay with it. <laughs> exactly agree. Uh, Hilda kind of just basically asked that question that we just answered. Uh, Mitch, now Mitch sends these in uh, to our guests. I like these questions. Uh, so there's a few here. Uh, first one, who was the biggest diva around camp on your tribe? <laughs> the biggest diva? Oh, God. You know, honestly, I, I know people I get accused that. Uh, I get accused of being too nice sometimes. But um, I really I really loved every uh, everyone out there at my season. Um, obviously... Taylor triggered us triggered us a little bit um, with the the food stealing, um, but even he I, I don't consider a diva. But uh, but anyway, yeah, that 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 was maybe the only thing that really bothered me. Well, I mean, this kind of ties in, I guess, to the next one. Then, uh, who was the most annoying that you would be pleased to send them off to Exile Island from your season? <laughs> oh, God. I was gonna say me. Yeah, safe answer. <laughs> safe answer. Yeah, I, I annoy. More than, than anyone me, so. Well, you've got a chance to redeem here. This is kind of like, a, this will fit in well then with the David Wright niceness. Uh, apart from yourself, name four players, two male, two female, who deserve a second chance from your season. Oh, that's good. Uh, let's go with um, the females. Let's go with uh, Mari and uh, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the males, let's go with Jay and... Mm, God, who else? Who else do I give this to? Uh, let's go, Jay. You know what? Let's go, Jay and Will, because I think. And but, but as long as enough time passes, I think I think it'd be really cool for Will when he's a, a lot older to uh, to play Survivor again. Mm, I agree. That'd be good to see him come back. Good uh, question there. Thanks, that Leah P. Now, Leah, uh, we had a lot of people this season just love Lauren. She was just the fan favorite amongst our listeners this season. Uh, so uh, Leah says, uh, enjoy the finale, final, except for the worst reunion ever. Queen Lauren was great in the jury, especially her line, let's move on. David, what did you think of Lauren this season and her huge following with the fans? <laughs> a lot. Great, and I think she should absolutely be asked back, and, and hopefully she wants to play again. I thought she was just super entertaining and, and one of the more standout uh, characters this season. Agree. Uh, Eric, we've got a few of these questions. I like these ones. You're such a role model, David, for anyone wanting to play the game. I have a huge huge soft spot players, soft spot for players like you. What advice would you tell someone who is so nervous about wanting to apply for fear of failing? I think if your dream, if you have a dream to play Survivor as I did, and it sounds like this person does, that um, you just got to go out there and do it. Um, I, I don't, I understand being afraid of failing, but I think you have to go into it again with the attitude that you probably will fail. So just accept that and know that going in, only one person's going to walk out of that game with a million dollars or five hundred thousand, I guess in, in your case, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think. Um, I think you just you just have to do it because why why like avoid things because you're worried about a future possible regret right I think you just have to go out and try and and, and do your best and, and who knows maybe we'll get lucky well that I mean that's kind of my mantra how I look at it when I apply it's like I, I honestly don't think I'm going to get on but if I don't apply then I'm not going to have that chance so you know I I do it and uh, who knows one day it might happen I mean what uh, Chrissy had been applying for 16 years so you know she got on eventually yeah. 
Yes, yes. So keep trying. Uh, now, a couple more here. I'm going to end it with our uh, beloved Granny Survivor in just a second. But Ruth Marie, uh, now she sends this question in every week as well. So uh, she's giving you a, a scenario here where, similar to what we saw on Game Changers, if you were on an Exile Island reward boat and Cochrane's there and you get a, cho- a choice between uh, some advantages... Uh, so these, she's got four possible options here. And we always think Ruth Marie works for CBS because I feel like she's sending this in to get a vibe of former players to kind of poll this so they can bring this into a future season. So if this happens in a few seasons time, then, uh, Ruth Marie, your, your uh, you know, game is up. We realize what you were doing. But, uh, so the four options here. So these are your four potential advantages that you can choose from. So you have the vote tripler, which you get to add three votes to one player in a tribal, but the catch is, the following tribal, you can't vote. Um, the spy bunker, so you can go in an underground bunker under the other tribe's shelter for 30 minutes and you can spy on everything. Uh, the vote reveal, which you can play at any final tribal until the final seven. And when you come back to camp, you'll have a note in your personal belongings that reveals who voted for who. Or the mutiny idol, which you play to save whoever has the most votes from elimination, but they get sent to the other tribe instead. Oh, that's really interesting. I like I like that and the first uh, the, the triple the triple vote uh, the most. But I probably I would go with the triple vote. And I believe you said that means I don't get to vote at the next tribal. But yeah, yeah, I would do that. I like that. I think, Ruth Marie, uh, we need to go through and tally what the, everybody's uh, answers were this season because I'd like to actually see what came out on top there. Uh, let's see here. So we answer that one, answer that one. All right, let's close this out with Granny Survivor. Now, she's a listener who sends in stuff every week and she waffles on a little bit, but she will have a couple of quick-fire questions here and we'll end it with a game. But let's go with the comments first of all. Hello, dears. Well, another season is dusted. I'm happy to have a break from Survivor. Uh, you're not the only one, Granny. It has been Survivor non-stop since February. You are very right, including Australia, New Zealand, Survivor. So I'm thrilled I can rest from the game. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I love Survivor, but two months off with Survivor right now is looking good to me. Uh, so according, <laughs> to the, according to the data, someone gave out last episode, looks like this season ties with Marquesas for Immunity wins won all by women but one. Very proud of the women this season, especially going into the merge down on numbers. Uh, I'm happy for Ben as a winner. He was great. Now, Mr. Ben Waterworth, you need to win Australian Survivor and put another good use of the name Ben. Well, yeah, compared to the Ben we had on our Australian Survivor, I think I can't do any worse. Um, I didn't like the reunion show at all. When will Jeff learn? We don't care about the audience questions. Trade those for actual players being asked questions. And we'll have a happy fans. Anyway, all right. Questions for David. So these are some quick fire ones and we'll end it with the game. What did you think sure. of Game Changers as a whole, like the, the entire season? Uh, you know, it's it just... Uh, you know, they took a negative and turned it into a positive in terms of Zeke's outing, um, but that was a really tough moment to watch, so um, it's kind of a, sort of, a, I think, a kind of a dark season in, in that respect, um, but I, I love I love that cast, you know, obviously, and Zeke and Michaela especially, but... Uh, you know, and Aubrey, I'm uh, friends with her now. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's my my favorite will always be Second Chance, and, and nothing Game Changers isn't anywhere near that level. And, you know, I think and, and Zeke actually described it this way, and I think it's accurate. Is that with with a theme like Second Chance, like people do have a story to tell. Everybody has a second chance story to tell. In a in a theme like Game Changers, is like you, know, you kind of alluded to this earlier. Maybe not everybody really does represent 
what you might consider to be a game changer. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, uh, I think, um, and I think also Zeke was saying that possibly, you know, it, it inflates their egos a little bit, and they don't feel like they have to try. Whereas in second chance, it's like, well, this is I got to make it happen. This is my second chance, and they're more motivated. And also, obviously, the the fan vote um, was probably partly responsible for that as well. But uh, yeah, game changers. I mean, not not a terrible season by any stretch, but the the darkness of that one moment that happened to Zeke uh, is is uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I I always said during that season that I think the the title was what went wrong with it. I mean, I think call it All-Stars 2. You've got to find cast. There's nothing wrong with the cast. It's just the title because it's finding yeah. arguments with some of those players as game changers was a little bit of a stretch. So, yeah. Um, now, you already answered this one. She asked her how many times you apply for the show, so we've already gotten that one. Um, who wins between Ken, Sunday, and Hannah in a final three? Ken, Sunday, and Hannah. Um, well, I, I think probably Sunday, to be honest. Um you know, and Sunday also had a really good story to tell, and I don't think, I don't think it made the air. Um, but you know, she was a cancer, she is a cancer survivor, and uh, when we were out there, she had celebrated an anniversary of beating cancer, and uh, we were all really moved by it. And uh, I don't know if it came through or not at all, but like Sunday had um, a really good relationship with everybody out there, and uh, she she never did anything to upset anyone and um, not that juries are always bitter juries bitter juries but I think uh, I think she probably would walk away with the win if she makes it in the final three there you go uh, the final one here did you meet fan favorite Lauren Rimmer uh, I did briefly very briefly and I uh, had a few beers so uh, I don't remember all of it but uh, but yes, I did. And what my memory is that it was very. It was she was a lovely woman, and uh, and I had a good time with her. But it was but it was very brief. Perfect. All right. Now she's going to end it here with a true or false game. Uh, now it's time for my weekly game. Last one for the season. In honor of our winner, Ben. I love hearing that words. Not me, but anyway. Uh, true or false? That Ben said this on his own Survivor CBS bio. Okay, so it's just true or false. Did Ben say this pregame? Number one. I'm a mix of Russell, Malcolm, and Rupert. I'm going to say true. It was false. Uh, he ah. said Russell, Boston, Rob, and Joe. There you go. Oh. Okay. Uh, number two. He said strong-willed and motivated. No context there. True. But true. Yep, is true. Uh, number three. I love how she's put these without any context into what they're used in. Uh, number three. Circle track car racing. Uh False. <laughs> apparently true. <laughs> uh, number four, I have visited all 50 states in America. False. That is false. Uh, and number five, I want to find as many idols as possible. False. Correct. He did not say that. Three out of five. Good job. There you go. Uh, Granny says, thank you, dears. Both have an amazing Christmas, and I'll see you back in February. Uh, if you, I hope you do another preseason podcast, have Billy back on, maybe some others. We'll, we'll get to that, uh, Granny. Thanks, Granny, for your support this season. To everybody sending questions, great questions. And David, to you, mate, this has been a lot of fun. So glad that we could do this. Um, a lot of fun chatting about this season, your season, everything else in between. And, uh, by all means, we will definitely do this again moving forward, be it season 36 or anyone in the future. But, uh, thank you so much for joining us and, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays and everything else uh, in between at this time of year. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure being uh, being part of this. I really enjoyed our talk. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you, uh, which is weird because it's like summer there, right? <laughs> yes, it is. 
summertime, which I, I can't wrap my head around. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, pleasure being here. Thanks a lot for having me. And a massive thank you to David there for his time. A uh, very fun way to end. A very fun season. I'm going to say this again. I said it a lot throughout this season. Thoroughly enjoyed Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers. Uh, and I definitely believe it will go down in history as one that will be underappreciated, and I feel over time it will be definitely one that should hopefully get a little bit more love along the way. So uh, thanks to David and to everybody who uh, appeared across this season. Uh, very much appreciate it. Obviously, we uh, had a few weeks there where we perhaps didn't quite uh, have as as many people on the show as we used to back in the day. Uh, in terms of recap episodes, it was, a, it was a little bit different, but um, we still obviously appreciate everybody who did join us across the season. Uh, it's It's been a blast, and uh, just I'll quickly go through them for those who did uh, miss out or forget who we had on the show. Thanks, obviously, to Billy, who... Join us at the beginning, of course, for our preview episode, as well as uh, coming on for episode four. We've had John Carroll on, Carolyn Rivera, Dan Foley, uh, Ethan Zahn, T-Bird Cooper, RC last week, and, of course, also special shout-out to our co-host extraordinaires uh, in Colin and Anthony and Noah. Uh, Anthony being Rossi, I don't know why I'm calling him Anthony, and of course a special appearance by Kristen as well on an episode, good to have her back, so um, shout out to all those people involved in the show across this season, uh, very much appreciate everybody for uh, joining us across uh, season 35 of Survivor, it was good to be uh, back to cover another season, and uh, we'll see how we fare moving into season 36, uh, of course Ghost Island, which is going to be interesting. Now, um... I had a couple here that I just wanted to address in the end. Uh, two, to be precise, uh, that were more directed to me rather than David. Uh, so I just thought I would save these for the end part. Uh, Jillian Smart, thank you, Jillian, for messaging in, says, uh, Ben, I enjoyed your Amy interview. It was a wonderful podcast. Keep up the good work. Obviously, refer- referencing to Amy Carlson, Third Watch actor, Blue Bloods actor. Download now if you haven't listened to it now. Any chance you could get Julian for a Nip Tuck podcast and speak about Charmed briefly, uh, obviously in reference to Julian McMahon, not our ex Oslet Julian, who appeared on our Australian Survivor podcast this year. Uh, Julian, absolutely, that is the goal. We have reached out to uh, Julian McMahon's management, uh, yet to hear back from him. So um, that is the ultimate dream for any Nip Tuck uh, podcast host is to get Julian McMahon on the show, of course, in a heartbeat, play the Australian card slightly, who knows. But uh, by all means, we would 1,050 million percent uh, love to get him on. So uh, fingers crossed that we can uh, get that happening one day. And I'm sure if it will happen, uh, we can definitely bring up Charmed, uh, even though obviously the main part of that interview, no doubt, would be about Nip Tuck for us. Um also here, Jillian says, I'm enjoying your Lost podcasts. I'm not a fan of Lost, but enjoy listening to them nonetheless. Please consider doing X-Files or Xenihara Princess podcast. These show have cult followings. Jillian, uh, look, I'd love to do the X-Files. I'm an X-Files fan. I've never watched Xena. Um, we'd love to do a lot more shows, but, uh, you know, three shows at the moment is, is incredibly uh, tough. It might seem like an easy thing of doing one per week, but we're recording these in in multiple blocks. We're doing about six episodes per week at the moment to kind of bank these a lot. So, um, and myself personally, I'm, I'm in all three of them. So, you know, I'm doing about 15 episodes a week. So having to watch them, take notes, record, edit, upload, uh, you know, put together all the promotional materials that we kind of put up on the website and social media, you know, it, it, it does take a lot of effort and, uh, you know, I would love to be able to concentrate doing all of this permanently for my entire life. But, uh, sadly, 
you know, we sort of have to try and make money elsewhere. <laughs> We're not really exactly getting paid for this. Um, so by all means, Jillian, if you are completely rich and want to pay for us, uh, then I would gladly do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so things things might sort of move forward a little bit in 2018, a little bit different in terms of timing-wise. Just some circumstances in my life will be changing to obviously, uh, you know, not be able to commit as fully as I am right now. So uh, we'll obviously update things along the way. But uh, by all means, Gillian, we'd love to do more shows. Um, and I don't think either of those two are kind of on high on the agenda in terms of uh, other shows we'd like to do sort of first so um but we thank you for your suggestion maybe we can do a random episode of those shows at some point in the future because that's something that we still would like to do more of we did a few of those this year and like to do a few more of those moving forward into the future um you also add here jillian i do watch survivor but turned out uh tuned out this season once lauren left don't care for the others who won i did root for david on this season on his season and i hope he returns let him know that Sorry, I kind of forgot to, but I'm sure he might listen to this. Uh, never wrote before, but I want to send us a positive feedback for Christmas. Have a great holiday. Thank you very much, Gillian. Really appreciate that. Uh, and this one here, I, I, I like this one. This this gave me a bit of a smile on my face here, and I just wanted to read this one out on air. Uh, Richard says, Ben, your continued support and dedication to Survivor always appreciated your original... Uh, the original Australian podcast for content, and you really need the praise. Yes, we have other podcasts who are producing coverage of Survivor, about hundreds now, but I admire you, you, uh, your long-lasting dedication and contributions to Survivor. Keep up the good work and never give up your dreams of Survivor. You still have listeners who appreciate your time and input. I was a long-time listener of Survivor and really don't think you were getting the credit you deserve for years of service. If you get your dream, go on Survivor. Uh, if Chrissy waited 16 years, don't ever give up. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, he's still more his. I forgot. Uh, Dave was a true star in his season. I hope to see him back on the show. Great player, very kind-hearted man. Uh, I'll be going away on travel next year in March through June, so I might not shoot questions your way for this show, but if Debbie, Jessica, Ryan, Colin, Lauren get on your show for recaps next season, fantastic. Enjoy Christmas and New Year. Richard, thank you very much. That uh, definitely brought a, a smile to my face. I even shared that on my social media, uh, my personal ones, just kind of showing how much that meant to me. So, um Definitely appreciate that, Richard. Thank you so much for those kind words. Uh, and to everybody who sent in questions this season, uh, plenty of you. Uh, so we, we obviously admire your uh, dedication to sending in questions, uh, and we very much appreciate your dedication to the show too as uh, we approach one year uh, of being a standalone show, as in the Oz Network, uh, our rebooted format of the Oz Network. Uh, Survivor Oz, apologies. So, yeah, I very much appreciate everybody who's tuned in, whether it be on our Survivor episodes, our Nip Tuck, our Third Watch, our Lost, our movie recaps, uh, anything else in between hand. I'm sure there are some of you that listen to all of them. I'm sure there are some of you only listen to select ones, but uh, we obviously very much appreciate all the support that you've given us uh, throughout the year because this clearly wraps us for Survivor. And uh, I'm going to say this, and this sounds... I don't know how this sounds... I love Survivor. I love this show. I have grown up on this show. This is part of basically more than half of my entire life. Absolutely love Survivor to death. But I think for the first time in my life, I have never looked forward so much in my life to not having Survivor on for a couple of months because it has been a marathon uh, since February this year, obviously, when it comes to uh, game changes to Survivor New Zealand, to Australian Survivor, and now, obviously, with Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers. So um, it has been a, a big stretch when it comes uh, down to this, 
But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a couple of months away from Survivor to kind of reset the batteries, I think. So, uh, by all means, if you're a Survivor fan and you've been with us from Survivor Oz days, don't obviously think that I'm giving up. It's just a case of, yes, let's have a bit of a break for now. But uh, if you... Uh, I mentioned the other shows. We'll still be having our Third Watch Lost and Nip Tuck recaps as per usual on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I will say at the time of releasing this, our Tim Allen Santa Claus four-day marathon is in the midst of nearly finishing. Uh, Santa Claus 3 went up today. Christmas of the Cranks will come up tomorrow on Christmas Eve. Uh, we'll be taking a bit of a break for a couple of weeks in regards to some other movie episodes and content uh, besides the ones that we've already recorded, as I said, with Third Watch, Nip Tuck and Lost. Uh, there might be a Jumanji uh, review sort of within the next week or two, depending on when Colin and I get around to seeing it. Um, and outside of that, uh, in the lead up to the Oscars, there'll be a few more things happening. But our next big sort of month in terms of uh, movies, out after the Tim Allen four movies wrap up, we'll have Winter Olympics, sort of four-week stretch in the lead up to the Pyeongchang Winter Games. And then kind of from there, we'll uh, update you on how things are going. So still moving into 2018, and we will obviously have a few things possibly changing in regards to scheduling and episodes. But we'll uh, cross that bridge when we come to it, when I know a little bit more with my life, Colin's life, Noah's life, Nick's life, uh, everybody else who's involved in the show. But uh, I will say, once again, thank you so much, everybody, tuning in to 2017. Uh, one more, I guess, new episode in regards to Christmas the Cranks tomorrow, and then just our scheduled um, our recap episodes as well to come. But uh, it's been a blast. Survivor, it's been a blast as well. And uh, a couple of months away, but then we'll be back, of course, to Survivor Ghost Island. Thank you again. I keep saying thank you, but I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you. It's It obviously means a lot that you guys are still tuning in. Facebook, we're there. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Like us on all those services. Subscribe online. Again, if you love the show, as I always say, please take a few moments of your time to leave some feedback on iTunes. It really does appreciate uh, our overall rankings and everything along those lines. So uh, we would appreciate, that's the way I meant to order that, uh, you doing so. And uh, Stitcher, Spotify as well. We'll be back. 2018, bigger and better than ever when it comes to a lot more content. But in the meantime, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to David. Thanks to you for listening. I'm going to stop saying thank you. My name is Ben. This has been the Oz Network. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.